This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Diagnosing the Aftermarket A to Z with Matt Fonslow. And believe it or not, I am Matt Fonslow. I am extremely happy to announce my next guest. She is the co-owner of L1 Automotive Diagnostics and Programming with her husband, Keith. She's been doing this for a few years. We'll get we'll dabble into the details here in a minute. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Liz Perkins. Hey, guys. Nice to be here. Nice of you to join us. I was ecstatic when you, when you sent me a message on Messenger. I was like, wow, he wants to interview me? Why? Oh, man, you got to have higher life goals. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, hey, what do you want to discuss? I'm like, hey, no one knows me. Everyone knows Keith, and I just happen to be. Who's Keith? <laughs> well, I'm sure he has a bigger name than I do, but Keith Perkins. Uh, he's... Well, yeah, yours is like three letters, and his is five. <laughs> yeah, that too. But yeah, he's he's more well known in the automotive community. We have YouTube channels. We have an L1 training company. Um, it's both online and in person. We have an L1 automotive diagnostics and programming. Uh, mobile Diagnostics, ADOS, 1234YF. actually got asked to do a 134A the other day. Really? Mm-hmm. It was a, a new, I guess you would say like a body collision shop from the dealership. So like the dealership decided to say, hey, let's make a collision center. And right in front of them is another dealer with a service center with a 134A machine. So we took ours over there and evac 134A for them. Awesome. I was very shocked. So yeah, we have that business. We have, now we have three employees. We just hired a new one. So things are cooking there. And then we also have a shop. Well, you know what? Not to, not to interrupt, but speaking of employees, you know, it's no secret we're facing a technician shortage and Napa Auto Care is addressing that. They have a free two-year apprentice program that offers a variety of training to produce technicians with three ASE certifications. To learn more, members can visit member.napaautocare.com. That's awesome. So yeah, they got a yeah, they got an apprentice program that's that's, that's really cool. Laid out. Yeah. Back to L1. Yeah. So you guys you got three employees. Three employees, including me and Keith. Uh, not including me and Keith, excuse me. Yep. And uh, then we just opened up our actual shop location, which you don't see a lot of foot traffic yet, but that's okay. We're we're slowly growing into that. That business. So this is going to be a shop shop, like regular service, or is it going to be aimed as a extension of the mobile stuff? Right now, it's more of an extension of the mobile stuff. The space that we have doesn't really lend for a lot of like lube tech stuff and alignments, transmissions, things like that. We definitely yeah. want to grow into that space as time goes on, but baby steps. So we're going to keep that keep that uh that philosophy going let's let's keep being good at what we have you know and then we can slowly grow yeah and you included yourself and the employees and that's not i'm not insinuating any dig there that besides being co-owner you've you've been out in the van you've been out to shops to perform services for them absolutely absolutely so this all started gosh i think over four years ago now First, it was just Keith. Then, uh, then my husband was like, uh, "Hey, I think I need to like start hiring somebody." And I was like, 
my kids are starting to go to school full time. And I just was in that point in my life where I'm like, Hey, I want to join the workforce again. And I really like, he's a really good storyteller, which some people say he's too good of a storyteller sometimes. I, uh, I can vouch for this. He is a, a very, very good storyteller. So he'd come home so excited about finding something that no one else could find. And it just kept being more and more infectious. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, can I ride with you? And he's like, you really want to? No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you really want to? I was like, yeah, yeah, let me try it out. So I was like, okay. We go out and he's like kind of showing me and he's kind of just skimming over there. I was like, wait, 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 what is that? Why are you doing that? I want to understand why. And yeah. the why has led me to where I am today. So just asking why and, and learning more as we went. I ended up getting put into my own van. Uh, we we expanded and I actually was going out and doing my own programming by myself, going into these shops. And I, I loved it, man. I just absolutely loved it. And he's like, I just can't believe you, like just from nothing, like you can jump into this. And I was like. So when he says, when they say nothing, what does that mean? And, you know, we know obviously is nothing's not nothing, but well, your back, what would be your background if, if you were to say coming into this, what was your background? I did like key room or, and stuff like that. Like I didn't really have any experience in the automotive industry at all. The only thing that I had done ever automotive was help my dad, you know, drop a fuel tank. And he told me how to change a spare tire when I was a kid, you know, like that's really the only things I knew. I don't know how to change oil. I don't know. Like I don't know any of those things, but I can program with the best of them. You know, Yeah. it just, I, I went backwards really in the industry. But obviously you must've had, some level of PC knowledge and then like working in a cell phone store, there, there's something to just having to solve issues on cell phones, even if it's just to show somebody how to do something that like there's a process that you click this and it isn't oh, just yeah. like click this boom magic. It's click. Now I have to, you know, determine what the next logical step is to press to go to the next to the next. And I'm not trying to insinuate in any way that that's the reason you're successful at this, but yeah, no, you had some, yeah, I had some knowledge. I mean, the, I mean, I definitely had those customers, especially when like, I mean, I was selling cell phones when razors came out. Okay. Like when an iPhone came out, like that was a huge thing. And I was working for a company that didn't offer an iPhone and everybody wanted an iPhone, you know, like blackberries <laughs> were like, well, we don't have an iPhone, but we have a blackberry, you know, like, will that work? No, no, no. I want an iPhone. So, um, yep. there, there is the, that knowledge there, I guess you would say, but I mean, he still gets on to me not for not knowing how to use Excel. Right. He's like, Oh no, if you do this and this, like it just does it so much easier and faster. I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. Uh, but right. as time went on, I got better and better at it. Like I said, I was in a van and then Keith had this idea. Hey, ADOS is really big. So advanced driver systems, they're out there. No one's programming them. This is something that we really need to get into. I said, okay. So we looked at the equipment. Very expensive to get started with, with using the targets and stuff. And so he had the idea of starting small. Let's just start small and let's, let's grow. And man, did it grow so fast. Yeah. And uh, then my van pretty much came an ADOS van. <laughs> so uh, an ADOS man, that's my favorite. I like carpentry. I, I, I had a business, um, a at home business while I was staying home with my kids. Like I would like make t-shirts and woodwork and those type of things. 
but it wasn't super <laughs> lucrative. Keith would, if Keith was on here, he'd be like, oh, no, she definitely spent more than she made. But no, it was, it was fun. It was, gave me something to do, something to look forward to each day besides, you know, just the mundane of have a, having a toddler going to the zoo for the millionth time with your friends and all that. So uh, I think because of the woodworking and like the measurements and the lines and all of that, like really attracted me to ADOS, you know? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, like ADOS for me was like my favorite. Every time I get an ADOS call, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go do ADOS. And he's like, oh, I'm really glad you liked it. And so he's like, well, you know, let's do it this way and let's get you in a different van. So we bought a bigger van and put that in there. And then as time went on, we hired him. Yeah, because uh, if you're carrying for multiple <laughs> car lines, that can oh, yeah. that could chew up a lot of space really fast. I had targets bungee corded to the ceiling of my Envy 2500 high top. Like that's wow. how like crazy it got at times. Some of them were even too big to bungee cord to the top. You know, I'd slide them in with cardboard protecting them. So, but yeah, I really, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And, uh, got to really know like the people in the collision centers and they would call me and like, Hey, I just don't know about this. What are we doing? And to have those kind of conversations with like, someone that has no idea that this is something they should be implementing and, and the reasons why, and you know, the legislation that's out there and the liability and all of that for doing a proper repair. So it's just a really, I don't know. There's just something about this industry that's so infectious. And, you know, of course my husband got me into it, but it's everybody I've met that kept me going, you know, go into vision. You must, you must meet much different people than I do. No, you were one of the people. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I took a Pigo class um, with you and uh, Scott Shotton, uh, Introduction to Pico at Vision. I've taken, oh my goodness, uh, took another Scott Shotton class. I did his diagnostics. I can't remember what it was called specifically, but took that class later at Vision. And then last year, of course, we took online classes, which I'm so excited for Vision to be back in person this year. Like just really restart your, uh, your engines, if you will, for just, yep. just to get you excited again. So, and I'm, did you sign up for classes already? Yeah. Oh yeah. We're done. Everybody's going, we're shutting down shop. So not only, wow, nice. not only this year are we going to classes and Keith is teaching, but we're also going to have a booth this year for our training company. So I'm excited about that. So it'll be our first year at the expo and uh, getting to meet everybody. Hopefully we'll see you out there. But uh, setting the booth up is something new and exciting to also do. So I don't know if Sherry's going to let me come this year. I'm sure you're coming. <laughs> I'm sure you have classes. I don't even I'm, remember I'm, seeing them, but I'm sure you are. I'm doing mine remotely. I'll have a virtual presence there. Really? Yeah. You ever see that episode of Big Bang Theory? I don't know. <laughs> I, I do watch Big Bang Theory now. Oh. Uh, some of your other movie references I don't quite get, but Big Bang Theory, yeah, you got me on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> There's one episode where he's got the almost like a Segway mounted up with a monitor and oh. he's got his face on it. And yes. Going around the yes. college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, talking to everybody. Because I think he was trying to protect himself from getting sick. Hey, I mean, we're in that world now. Yeah, and this is way, way pre-COVID. Yeah. Way. Gosh, that, that was yeah, probably was in the middle of I should of say it was seasons. Sheldon, not yeah. the, yeah, he would be the only one show. to do it. 
yeah i agree i very excited about it it was kind of sad to hear about the the is it aste no one of them got canceled in michigan and that was kind of sad to hear but i think i think vision's a go yeah yeah vision's a go we got signed up matter of fact i was talking to him at our booth like last week so everything's great we got into the hotel so it makes it easier to go downstairs and uh, mingle with everybody and not have to to drive to a hotel so yeah it helps immensely yeah yeah whether you can be right in the sheridan or the the other two just across this yeah uh, street aren't too bad yeah i mean the hotels them themselves are nice but the the trip over there isn't bad at all yeah start getting outside of that i mean the the first two times we went we stayed over like i don't know five ten miles from it like it still wasn't that bad but i'm like hey like it's 2 a.m we have to get you awake and here by, <laughs> <laughs> by a certain time so let me just finish this story yeah right <laughs> and then five stories later yeah right but oh man but yeah that's a great connection tool man like you you meet people from all the country sometimes all over the world you know you have different perspectives on on the same career Yeah, it's literally the world yeah yeah usually there's a group from australia yeah was it makes it up from africa yeah yeah. it's like i said it's amazing wearing sunglasses all the time i mean keith wears his sunglasses all the time too so (laughs) yeah on his head oh (laughs) The kids even yeah. said them about tonight at dinner. Like, do you ever wear them on your face or you just only wear them on your head? <laughs> so he's known for his sunglasses on his head. You remember which classes you're signed up for? I'm doing um, managerial and marketing classes this year because oh, nice. <clears throat> I'm no longer really in a van. That's the kind of uh, news that everyone's like, oh, Big no, shot, what? Huh? Yeah. They're like, hey, why are you? Why don't I see you anymore? You know, we miss seeing you. So, um, but they call me and so I kind of, uh, morphed as we grew, I kind of went where I needed to go really. And, uh, so did Keith, Keith's not in a van. I'm not in a van on the day to day. Like I, I will, when I need to, like we have a technician that's going to have knee surgery next week, actually this Friday, he's having knee surgery. So he's going to be out. So we're just kind of just shifting roles. And, uh, cause I would hate for him to, to lose the income. He can set at work and, keep his knee iced and whenever he's ready to come back, yep. we're ready to, to do that for him. So that's awesome. I'll go in the van and do uh diagnostics or programming ADOS, whatever it requires. So well, I know you said ADOS was your favorite. Yeah. But between programming and diagnostics, do you have a, a preference programming? I, I like that. Yeah. Because I can get a lot of jobs done in the day. I, yeah. I like to be able to like, knock them out. Um, diagnostics, I'm still just not, I don't know, maybe the way that I came into the industry has made it harder for me to go backwards, but I still really struggle with it. But we're also seeing artists of hard too. You have to think about it like that. I mean, the general diagnostic that you would at a shop level see, you know, hey, like my brakes are squealing. Okay. Well, that's a lower level than what we're being called out to do. Right. We're calling out, hey, this is like intermittently dying, but only after they do X, Y, Z, you know, so you have to replicate it. Then yep. you have to diagnose that. And so we are seeing a tougher level anyways. So it just for me, diagnostics does come harder. And I even like I said in Keith's classes, 
sit in everybody else's classes. And I, I understand the fundamental concepts I feel like, but when I get to the car, I'm like, man, okay, there's a lot here. So. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just so much to know. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can be overwhelming. Even, even if you came up, you know, in, in it, if you will, you know, it's, there's just so much to know. And depending on how many car lines you deal with, which I think you guys deal with all of them. Yeah. Everything. Right. It's yeah. pretty much anything. Yeah. I mean, right now I have a for a 2000 Ford Ranger and then I have a 2014 Land Rover. I mean, that's literally like kind of what we're seeing. We got asked about a Bentley on Monday. Yeah, that sounds like my world. <laughs> right. So I'm just like, uh, yeah, we're seeing, it's not like I can, I don't know, just get one thing down. Like, you know, like these diagrams are inherently harder by different manufacturers, you know, like wiring diagrams. It's just harder to, to navigate sometimes. So yeah, you start getting your favorites and yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, you know, different, maybe different car lines, different platforms, they all have their own little you know, nuances and caveats where it's really hard to just kind of have this general knowledge, be able to translate all, you know, consistently, Right. but you know, that's, that's, that's just the way it is. And I think just having you um, in that class, you're definitely, definitely smart enough to pick it all up. It's just getting the, the time and experience like that, that time of diagnosing to start experiencing it and putting it into practice, you know, either what you've learned in a class or figure it out on your own using service information and wearing schematic and whatever diagnostic tool is appropriate and, you know, kind of getting burned here and there. And all of a sudden, you know, it'd start clicking and you'd be a beast. And Keith, he could do the day to days and you could do the training. (laughs) Yeah, he's doing a lot of the training. I'm doing a lot of day-to-day. So maybe one day we'll switch. We'll see. Maybe we'll hire someone into my <laughs> position. <laughs> there you go. What was your favorite ADOS, Cal, to do? Maybe no. Dynamics don't count, maybe. Oh, yeah. No, dynamics Otherwise, don't count. Just flip the radio right. on and go for a ride. Honestly, I like the Acura and the Honda Lane Watch. And I know that's silly, but I just think it's like the funnest feature. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I did. That was my one of my favorite ones to do. Yeah. And you don't see them a whole awful lot. Like that's not like a, I don't know, super common thing around here, but. It's like we saw a bunch right away. Yeah. And then I have, I don't know if I've seen one since. No, I've jinxed it. I'm going to see one tomorrow. Right. Of course. But yeah. Yeah. It's like right away there was a bunch. And Lane Watch, that's the one with the camera in the right side view mirror yeah. that when you hit the turn signals, the, we'll call it the radio or the display right. shows you an image of kind of your blind spot if you yeah, will. Yeah, I mean it's like a, a live video feed basically and you're seeing that. Yeah. It it's great. I I actually yeah. purchased an Acura and uh I forgot that I needed to check that and I ended up without one. I was like, "Dang it." I was like, "Can we add this?" and he's like, "Maybe. I don't know. Let's let's figure it out." So, has the capability yeah. we're just yeah, looking into it. It's got the big domino kind of looking uh target line up with the yeah. Rear wheel. Yeah. Right rear wheel. Passenger rear wheel. Yeah. Yeah. And it's or in that vicinity, I guess. Yeah. What's funny is it uses a different for uh right now we have like uh different target systems and one of the stands that like holds all these targets, there's two different like major stands. 
And when I would put that stain, I would actually be mad because it would like give me no room to walk around in the van, but I would love doing them every time. (laughs) Yeah. That one's my favorite. Uh, Hondas, Toyotas, they um, use the cone. So those are a lot of fun because they're they're like a quick and easy, like get her done, you know, because you pretty much just set up the cone, raise it at the right spot. You know, of course you have to do all the prep work. We have to do that for every vehicle. Did you start out one way and end up doing another? Like, did you start out dropping plumb bobs and then running a, a line or a um, string front to back or back to front, really? No. And extend it out? Or were you doing laser pretty much right off the bat? Lasers. Or? I had the funniest story about uh, one time I was doing a laser. And you know how uh, we were using that. I don't know if I can say brand names here, but <clears throat> I was using the the Autel kit and uh, there's this little mirror and it's like, it, I don't even know. It's, it's a right angle mirror, but it's at a different, it, the actual mirror is like at a 45, right? You know what I'm talking yep. about? Yep. I didn't know how to use that mirror. Like in the dis- instructions, I did not understand what it was meaning by using this mirror. So I crawl, oh, I lay yeah. down see? on the ground <laughs> and I'm looking under the car to see is my, <laughs> Oh, just thinking back about it. It just cracks me up looking under the car to see if my laser is touching the right point. Right. And this guy comes over in this collision shop and he's never seen me before yet. I've been there a bunch of times, but this guy in particular had never seen me. He comes running over. He touches me on the back. Oh my gosh. Are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, I turn around and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like why? And he's like, I don't know. I just looked over and all of a sudden you're on the ground. And I was like, yep. Do it all day, man. Like this is, <laughs> this is part of it. <laughs> But yeah, and then every time he sees me, he's like, hey, this time I'm prepared. Like, you're going to be on the ground, right? I was like, actually, I learned how to use this mirror when I went to SEMA. So uh, thank you, Autel Booth, for showing me how to use this and not having to get on the ground. (laughs) But yeah, actually, you utilize it so you can actually see from a standing or kneeling position where your radar laser, uh, where (laughs) where your laser is hitting the target. And I was like so embarrassed to say, I have no idea how this works. But I use the system all day long. I don't have to use that mirror, right? But just like that was just one thing that I could use without having to lay down on the ground. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Are you all right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know uh, what you thought. The shops have an area for you to do stuff? Uh, or you end up doing a lot of them outside? Or Well, there's some things you can't do outside, right? Like the windshield you can't do outside because of the light. But... For the most part, we pre will go into that shop and say, hey, do you have a level ground, right? I'm like, oh, you can just do it over the drain. I'm like, it's not how this works. (laughs) So they're like, yeah, just use the wash bay. Nope. Most of the time, we're in Oklahoma, right? There is nothing here. There is no mountains. There's hardly hills. So Everywhere is flat. Right. You can park the car anywhere. You would think so. But <laughs> all of these parking lots are at a, such a crazy grade that there's no way. Right. So I couldn't yeah. do them outside. So I would end up having to move like somebody out of the side of the shop for like the time I was there. Like, hey, like, sorry, if I'm going to do it here, I've got to, you know, I've got to move you out of the way. But we actually end up getting a shop, like just a small Oh gosh, I think it was like 1200 square feet little shop where we could mm-hmm. do take the vehicle back to the shop yep. and do a calibration. We actually were looking it, at like uh, storage units even, right? Like yep. A large storage unit. Yep. Um, we ended up doing the same thing. 
you know, Toyota stuff, really anything that doesn't have the target set much more than, let's say, like 15 feet in front, I could do in my area. But I'd have to clear it out. I'd have to get everything out of there, and then I could do it. And it's kind of a hassle. And then uh, a friend of mine who we do a lot of work for, he owns a collision shop. We do a lot of work for him. I was kind of whining one day that, like, it would be really great to find a storage space, like you're saying, or, you know, rent part of a building or rent a whole building just so I could have space to do this and do it all inside and do it all, you know, really, I guess, the right way. Mm-hmm. I could, kid you not, maybe three months later, he calls me up. He's like, hey, meet me uh, over here in, you know, an hour or two. Got to go look at something. So we go a couple buildings down from us and they rent the back to him and I. And I got one side and he has the other. He has a frame uh, bending machine or straightening machine. Yeah. I suppose you could use it to bend if you yeah, wanted. Yeah, either way. <laughs> <laughs> but the purpose is to straighten. And I got the other side for ADOS. It's freaking great. It's That's awesome. not even a block away. And just like you said, just to have a space to do it that's, you know, the right, the floor is level, the lighting's about right, mm-hmm. stuff for all your equipment to sit. And it's awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. We've been very fortunate to get both of our buildings where brand new builds. And so with that, we were able to say, don't put anything on the walls. Do not hang anything on the walls. Do not paint the walls. <laughs> Nothing reflective, you know? And it's been great, man. Like we we actually built an area, one side of our shop. We have a loft area for storage. We had that built. And then we put curtains for when we have to do windshield calibration. So there's nothing in the background. And when I say curtains, I don't actually mean like, you know, I went to Walmart and bought curtains. <laughs> <laughs> I went into Home Depot and got like the biggest drape cloth they offer. Uh, but yeah, you just have a solid surface back there. But yeah, it was great building it, making sure that everything was level. We came in when there was nothing on the floor and we said, hey, there's no building yet. Is this going to work? Should we rent this space? Is the floor level enough? Right. Is it in that grade zone? And thankfully it was. So nice. Obviously, ADOS, I think, is fairly well known with most collision centers. Most collision shops are now fairly aware of it because of their dealings with insurance companies and whatnot. Do you guys do a lot of work for repair shops? And then do they know about it? And have you been able to breach the topic? Because I've I've tried around some, some of the area shops and it's like they're not aware of it. Yeah. Or they've kind of heard about it. So I have uh, one shop in particular that they use us quite often. They are a repair shop. That's what they do. They do not do body. They don't do anything else, right? They're a repair shop for a customer. But they also have, they're, gosh, not very far from like a car auction. And they have a ton of auction cars come in that are wrecked or have lights on or have, you know, X, Y, Z. The amount of things that have gone through auction with lights or codes or things in these systems we, we had to sit down and say, hey, this is what it's going to take to fix this. You're going to have to replace the crash bar. You know, this is how far it's gone. This is not just replacing a sensor or a bracket. But for the most part, a lot of the shops aren't seeing it. Like, oh, what does that mean? And so you do have to go down that path and explain to them, hey, you know, this is a system and this is what it's used for. 
this is how we have to go about fixing it. I will say, oh gosh, it's probably six or eight months ago. I had a shop come in and they said, Hey, this guy came in, he was in a collision. He didn't go through insurance, but he put this, we put this new sensor on and he says it needs to be calibrated. So I go, okay. So we go out there. He put a new sensor on, but he didn't fix his quarter panel. And oh boy, (laughs) that whole thing was like, it was in the trunk. Like it was like so far in. And he's like, well, we're just going to put the the cover on and it'll be fine. I was like, I cannot do this. I cannot. He's like, well, you could pull it out, right? No, no, I cannot pull it out. That is not a proper repair. And he didn't, the shop owner didn't understand. He finally had to get the customer to come out and I had to explain it to both of them. This is not how the system works. This is a safety system. You know, you cannot do this. Yep. So yeah, it's, it's interesting the people that don't know and having to explain that to them because they, you, I think you kind of get into a, I mean, I'm a new shop owner, so I'm not, I can't say a whole lot about what other people say or see or whatever, but I think you get kind of into a niche of this is what I see all the time. This is what I'm prepared for. And then you just go on. Now there's this new technology. A lot of them are not prepared for hybrid. They're not prepared for a lot of things that are coming down the line quick. And uh, so, yeah, we have to have those conversations. I mean, just offhand, I'm trying to think of systems on vehicles that can leave not right. And you would not know it until you needed it to work or it completely malfunctioned. Meaning, you know, you can't really mess up the ABS too bad because they'll kick a light on. Right. You know, you can't really screw up uh, something with the engine. You're going to get a light or it's not going to run right or the transmission is not going to shift right. Mm -hmm. Right. There's like these immediate repercussions for not being right. Absolutely. ADOS, you could have the camera or or, or sensor, you know, if we're talking about a radar or a camera just hanging Mm -hmm. and it may may not illuminate a light until either, you know, However long down the road, and we, it'd be hard to say without getting like very specific vehicles, I think. But there may be really no indication that anything's wrong until you needed it to work. Right. You know? right. So it, it's like it's really hard for them to wrestle with. How can it be wrong? How can it be not, you know, right, right and ready to go down the road if I don't have a warning light? Right. And all their, you know, I would... Offhand again, like I'm sure somebody can rattle off a few things for me to correct me. But man, you know, I can't think of anything that you can have fairly wrong that doesn't have an almost immediate yeah. sign or repercussion. Yeah. So that seems to be the big deal with with ADOS is, you know, I did the alignment, no lights, mm-hmm. no codes. Yep. Ship it. She's good. Right. And not insinuating that, you know, one way or another, it might not self-calibrate down the road enough to uh, work properly. But there's at least definitely a window where it's possible. It's not right. It's not right. even close to right. Right. And then it's either going to click a light on or something's not going to work that the client or the vehicle owner is going to assume is going to work. Right. I mean, just the automatic braking feature, right? You yeah. don't know you need it until you need it. Right. All those commercials, right. like they, they promote, hey, this car will automatically stop. You don't know until you need to use it. These yep. these systems are there as an assistance device. 
gosh, I've used my, my ADOS system every day. I mean, I love my radar crews. I love my lane keep assist. Yep. I mean, I love those devices because it makes it so much easier to drive and so much funner to drive. You're not sitting there, break, reset the cruise, break, reset the cruise, you yep. know? That was going to be my example. You have a vehicle owner who that's what they do. They set the cruise, the you know adaptive cruise. And, you know, I don't want to say check out, but you just assume it's going to work. Right. You're pulling up to a stoplight and you got cars in front of you and the, the car will stop mm-hmm. and it might do the traffic jam mode or I think that's what it's called where it'll stop kind of stop and go on its own to yeah. kind of creep through yeah. traffic uh, stop and go draft traffic right. but that doesn't work or it isn't right you know oh it sees the truck in front of you but not the car or a trailer you know or anything yeah, and right? all of a sudden, boom boom you're <laughs> yeah you've now hit somebody and then yeah. now, now you're looking at liabilities and uh, who do you go back to? Well, I was just in a collision and they fixed it and it didn't work right. Now look where you're at as a shop. You yep. Well, you can't just say, I just didn't know. I, I, I don't think that's going to run in court, you know? No. So I had actually had a shop as a collision center, matter of fact, and the customer prompted the calibration, not the shop. Yeah, Ooh. that's what I said. So I get a call. He's like, hey, I've got this uh, Ford Edge. Customer says it needs to be calibrated. What is that for? What? Why? And I was like, well, did you replace the windshield? Yeah. Okay, it needs to be calibrated. It's got lane keep assist or lane departure or whatever. I didn't. I didn't unplug the camera. I didn't take it off anything, did I? Somebody else did the work. I didn't do the work. I I called somebody in to do it. Right. They don't think about. Hey, should I check these and make sure? Now we've done other calibrations for them that's how i got the call but imagine if i hadn't done calibrations for them what what would have happened what if they didn't know so we ended up going out there we calibrated it was a dynamic and uh gave it back to the customer customer says hey it's not working at all i go okay well we need a dynamic we we also do a verification test drive at the end of every single calibration we do i'm like man okay well have them bring it back in so he did, and the system was off. He had just hit the button. And uh, it's a common, I'm sure it happens, right? Yep. The shop level at the collision center didn't know to check for that. They didn't know that's how that system worked. Yeah, it might be menu-driven, and you got to go right. in and check bo- check the box or uncheck the box. And In this case, it was like at the end of the shifter, and it was just a button, right? Sure, he yeah. got in the car. Oh, oh okay. It. You know, like... <laughs> it happens, but the, but for the shop to call us and say, "Hey, he says it's not working. You were the last one to touch the system. Come back and check it out." Sure, we'll come check it out. Absolutely. I find it somewhat comical, right? How the um the roles reverse sometimes, where people that interact with the the public across the counter they get really annoyed with the Eversentia, Eversentia. Yep. Yeah. And then how quickly. How quickly the when the shoe turn. goes on the yep. other foot. Yep. Ever since, yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic when they they are not knowledgeable, and so that's part of our training company is is to get the word out there, right? To have that that content available. I know that there's a lot of people out there, but just doing our part to try to get it known. You know, I I've run into 
a lot of collision centers that don't even have a scan tool at all. Like no scan tool. Wow. Like they literally will call us to do a code clear. They're just not staying up with what everyone would say is a normal shop or a normal collision center, you know? I thought they would at least have to have something, even if it's one of the various, um, I think, collision shop aimed devices that do health reports and maybe some over the, well, what should we say, online, either programming or mm-hmm. cal- I guess calibrating. That's a, stunning to me right? that they wouldn't have something. So we go in and do all their pre and post scans. Here's the thing, too, that. I don't know. It's just a common thing that we see. Insurance companies will pay collision centers very much less than they will pay a contractor to come in or sublet, right? So in his eyes, I think he says, well, they'll pay their bill. They're not going to pay me to do a pre and a post. There's a lot of logic to that. Yeah. Yep. We've run into that a few times where they'll kick the work to us, even outside of Diag and programming and whatnot. Because of the, if they sublet it, it's easier for them to have, get paid for it. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, they don't have to do it. And then they can sublet it. And, mm-hmm. You know, you give them a little bit of a break and then they can mark it up and they make a little bit of money and you make mm-hmm. some money. And yeah. Yeah. And imagine like not having to take it to the dealer anymore. Like when you have a mobile business that's coming to your shop, I mean, it's kind of a no brainer at that point. I, I from a shop perspective, I do understand it. Most of them are ecstatic to not have to go to the dealer for, you know, getting closer on a lot of stuff, anything, but a lot of stuff. Yeah. That uh, there's an alternative. Yeah. And and from what I understand, it's it's definitely growing. The mobile programming and diagnosis, like we see it more and more, you know, I we were on Facebook pages and things like that. And we're seeing it yep. more and more across the country. And it's it's great to it's, see that. You know, it's a wave. I think, you know, I'm torn about it. Yeah. Um, you know, the future of it and all, but it's kind of that thing. And it's the gig where if your heart and soul is in, you know, Diag, it's one of the better ways to get a bunch of it. The problem is, is the Diag you're going to find just like a regular shop is hard to get paid for, you know, because there's that shoe on the other foot thing again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> where- yeah. Shops complain how hard it is to get a customer to pay for Diag. And then yet when they have somebody come in to do some Diag, they don't necessarily want to pay for it either. Mm -hmm. I get those phone calls all uh, the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's maddening in some cases. So then you find you make your money programming Mm -hmm. so that you can still get your diet of diagnostics or some of them, after a while, it's just there's too much money in the programming and the calibrations, mm-hmm. ADOS or otherwise, you know, module calibrations or whatever that they just I mean, kick Diag to the curb. Honestly, at, at this point, I would say our diagnostics is a good 30 to 40 percent still. It is still very, very strong. I have a shop nice. in particular that it's, it's interesting because they have a car lot, they have a service center and a tow truck company all in the same name. So they will literally just tow the vehicle to us. Like here, we can't, That's awesome. we're not going to figure it out. Here you go. Oh, okay. So we don't have a ton of parking. So they're like, okay, wait, one at a time, you know, or like, <laughs> Hey, like slow down or Hey, we'll send somebody over there, you know, but the center that they're using and it, brilliant in their opinion, 
a little bit difficult to to work around, but it was an old like self-wash car base is what they turned into their shop. Oh. Yeah. So it's, nice. in, it's interesting, but it's really small. Each bay yeah, you think would be really a little... small with a lift in it. So um, we can go out there and do some things, but there's other things we just can't. We can't diagnose around them or around all the things. So just the way of like everybody's growing and figuring out their their things. But yeah, the business is, is still growing and, and going great. We're still doing a ton of programming, a ton of ADOS, even refrigerant, even, you know, like yep. everything's growing. It's staying pretty consistent. Well, with the, yeah, the, the YF machines, when they first came out, the pricing versus how often are you going to use them, especially if you're just an indie shop. Right. You're not really going to see a YF car for quite a while. Collision shops, you know, maybe not enough to justify it. So that's, honestly, that's what I did. Kind of went around to the couple of collision shops and said, hey, you know, I'll buy the machine. Yeah. And, you know, we'll work out a price. We were the only, other than the dealerships, sure. we were the only place in town that had one for quite a while. Really? Yeah. And, you know, it's going to change, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the cost of it has already gone down, like just to buy it. Yeah. Has gone down over a hundred dollars since we sold it. Started buying it. I mean, yeah, just what everything is is more more it gets common. I think that the different prices will change. Even with ADOS, I feel like someone got a hold of our price sheet and was like, "Oh, hey, we're going to open up a collision center." Said, "Hey, we'll we'll just open up one." I was like, "Oh man, they asked for our price sheet. Like, is it going to be like? Are they going to like undercut us by like five bucks? You know?" And they're offering yeah. it mobile too, but in the end of the day. It didn't change anything. Like we still do ADOS. We still, like we still have plenty of business. I think just them knowing us and having that relationship really helps. Just like any business, really, somebody can put up a any anything. It doesn't matter what that does it for less money. Yeah, but you know you don't know them, and a lot of times you don't find out the value uh, of what you're paying until things go wrong. Yeah and something doesn't work out quite the way it hoped, then it's usually the slightly more expensive. But yeah, you see those reviews and you're like, man, like, okay, so don't be too nice or don't be like too awful. Like find a happy medium, you know? Right. But, um, right. Try to, yeah, we have like the smallest office ever. It's like a 10 by 10. Like when you come in, there's two chairs from Ikea and a very small coffee stand and like a podium for me to like use my tablet. I mean, it's very minimalistic. I mean, with the exception of all of our awards and ASC certifications on the wall. Facility or service provider takes better care of you. Mm-hmm. Part of it because they probably feel like they need to and should. They should. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And they also have the ability to <laughs> right. because they have the they made money that they could they could, can afford to do the right thing where you're not god sometimes you can't you just can't afford to do the right thing yeah yeah i mean there's definitely shops that have like the nicest leather couch and every snack option and coffee and hot chocolate and all of these amenities and at the end of the day people say well that's what i'm paying for i'm paying for that and i'm like huh i mean i'm sure to a point but you're right to a point, yeah, but like it's not, it's not going to be like 50% of your bills paying for their front office, you know? <laughs> so it's pretty minimal, minimalistic, but we, no one has complained or said anything about it. And everyone seems to think it's, you know, 
a nice area, but um, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be somebody one day, you know, it'll say something. But oh, yeah, yeah, our, our waiting area is quite, quite large, mainly because the building before we, we moved in was a uh, interior. They built interiors for like you know kitchens and whatever, oh, so they had their yeah. displays, and so the the waiting area is, you know, more on the large side, I would say. Mm-hmm. But it's also one of those features where, you know, like you, we don't have the leather couches, but we got a nice couch, and we mm-hmm. got the higher, the kind of the high top, um, oh yeah, tables, yeah, you know, for like two people can sit at, and they're very popular for um, people that have work to do. Yeah, They'll just sit there with their laptop and get a little kid play area that that's really popular with the families. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I see both sides of it. Some shops just don't want people hanging around, but in this case, there's so much space between where our service advisors kind of work and where the customers sit that it's not, you don't feel like they're just hovering. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we we definitely try to not have the waiters just just be, for that reason. There's just, I mean, there's two chairs and a TV and some coffee. Like, there's just really not much. We did have one customer that this was his only vehicle. He had no other mode of transportation, and he wanted to bring his wife and kids with him. And I was like, uh, like it's not that big. Like, it's really small. And we're doing a diagnosis, so I don't know how long this is going to take. You know. So I told him, I was like, he's like, well, we'll just wait outside. It was a a nice day. It wasn't like bad weather in any way. It wasn't too hot, too cold or rainy or snowy. We don't get a lot of snow here, but. Not too hot. It's like 110. (laughs) That day it wasn't that hot. But yes, our hot is very hot. I do not do well with the heat. Also another reason. I thought it was a dry heat. No, no. We are humid heat. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So we lived in Colorado for like five years and like. When it was hot or cold there, it wasn't nearly, didn't feel nearly as hot or cold because there was no humidity. We're in a desert climate. So in Oklahoma, no, we're definitely, our humidity is insane. Like, I have curly hair. It takes a toll. <laughs> but yeah, end up the guy was like, oh, okay, well, if you're, if you're sure, like, that we can't wait outside. So I was like, we're like in an industrial kind of area. Like, I don't think, there's not like anywhere like to even set chairs outside. But yeah, he ended up just coming and sitting in there and ended up falling asleep in the chair. But yeah, like he was comfortable enough. So, but he was there for a couple hours. So that's really the only waiter we get. I mean, it's just kind of the the odd man out, you know, like for the most part, we're, we're able to have everybody drop off their vehicle. So there's a question that I feel like I need to ask. Shoot. As a mother and a wife and now, you know, co-owner of a business. Three. The work-life yeah. balance. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I guess I was thinking more like umbrella. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. Owner of so, businesses. Yeah. Yes, okay. yeah. Businesses <clears throat> um, under the umbrella of L1. I guess the the work-life balance. How do you how do you navigate that? Both just to get the stuff you need to get done. And it's not, I don't want it to come off like, you know, begging on Keith or anything like that. But typically women, (laughs) no, but I I think typically, and I think it's proven uh, with data that as women moved into the workforce, they really didn't get to hand off a whole lot of the domestic, you know, quote unquote domestic type 
of uh, responsibilities. Right. And so do you, do you find that with all this going on, uh, how do you find time to do it all? Like, how'd you find time to sit down and talk to me? Cause you know, I really, really appreciate it. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. Yeah. So we have, <clears throat> first of all, I have the best partner in the world and no one can argue with me about that, but we've, we found that we were disconnected from our kids. We got really in depth in the business. I mean, to the fact that we were coming home, the kids were watching TV. We are on our phone still working. I mean, that's what you do as a business owner is you've got to build, build, build. And I wish I could go back a few years and start this when they were not here yet. <laughs> you know, I wish that I could have done that. Um, that's just not my reality, right? So I've got to figure out how to do it now, how to figure it out. So Keith does, you know, he writes classes. He's the tech support. You know, he's, he's doing that. I'm answering phones every day, all day, um, doing all of the paperwork in the background. We have an accountant. So we, we did, I guess, farm that out, if you will. So we have an accountant that does all that. We have a CPA that does our taxes and all of that. So we, I was able to alleviate some of those things from myself, right? And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Keith teaches at night. And so I said, hey, instead of me having to leave halfway through the day to go with the kids, because we don't want to nanny them or put them in daycare. We did look at that. That is an option we could afford, but it's just something that we didn't feel that we needed in, when it came down to it. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, he stays home all day and he works from home. So he's able to have focused one-on-one time, like for like just him, I guess one-on-one for himself, uh, time to really get in that groove and, and work, right? Without any other distractions of the shop or the phone ringing or me asking him questions or any of our other technicians or customers, right? So we did that. And that means I stay at work all day Tuesday, all day Thursday. So I open and close the shop. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I leave at 2.20 in the afternoon. And so I'm able to come and get the kids and then go do whatever I need to get done, right? If I need to take them to a dentist appointment, eye appointment, what have you. You know, if I'm backed up on laundry, we just sit there and just do three loads in a row, you know? So we've, we've been able to give ourselves a good balance. Tuesday and Thursday nights, that's my one-on-one time with my kids. So I'm checking the backpacks when I get home. I'm making sure that we read before bed and do all the nighttime routines while he's working. And then on the opposite, he does Monday and uh, Wednesday. So like today's Wednesday, he's up there with the kids. They're with dad having their dad time. Last weekend, we had a training event. It was all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And so we're lucky enough to have good family that was like, hey, bring them over. We'll take them the whole weekend, you know? So we're able to also work, you know, without having to worry about like, Hey, the kids have to set the shop for like, like nine or 10 hours, you know, but they definitely have those days when they're out of school. Sometimes I'll take off and, and go do stuff with them. But yeah, I mean, it, it could be a lot crazier than what it is. It has been, um, this definitely wasn't how it started out, but we've, we've grown it and learned along the way. You know, and I feel like we're in a really good spot now. Like the kids are happy. I'm happy. Keith's happy. You know, and the end of the day, like we're making it work. Oh, that's awesome. You guys moved in now to your new place? Yeah. Your new house? Yeah. We bought a, gosh, I don't even know how big this thing is. 2,600 square foot house. Um, Our dream. I thought it was like 10,000. Oh, no. Maybe the (laughs) next one. But we bought forever property. 
that was our our goal is to build and buy dirt. <laughs> That's what they say. They're not going nice. to make any more of it, right? Um, actually there's like a country song about buying dirt and that's what, that's what we wanted to do. That was our goal is to get some land and, and really kind of feel, I don't know, the really, there's just like this feeling of like, I own land. There's nobody around me for a while. You know, I only own five and a half acres, but to some that is like a lot of land, you know? What the typical city or town uh, lot is maybe a quarter acre, right? maybe. Yeah. Maybe two tenths of an acre, maybe three tenths of an acre. That's the average. Yeah. So, so for us, you're... yeah, it's amazing. We see deer and we have a, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call him a pet, but he comes by the back door and we give him chicken, possum. And his, if it's a girl, it is Natasha. If it's a boy, it is Mike. So <laughs> we don't know which one he is or she, um, but to just have that, those experiences with the kids too, like. My husband loves to shoot. And so we made a little shooting range, you know, like to really just feel like we're still living <laughs> the day to day, even though we're stressed out, you know? So yeah, we, we moved in, we, gosh, September, middle of September, we moved in and starting to really get settled. I feel like, gosh, like the Christmas break, me and the girls like unpacked the last of the boxes. So that's a great feeling. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Right. But yeah, we're uh, we're waiting uh, anxiously waiting up uh, our pool. There was a pool here that was forty years old, and it had a like fourteen foot wide crack in it. So got that repaired. Oh yeah. No. Oh yeah, devastating. First two little girls who's like, hey, it has a pool. We're so excited, and then we find out, yeah, it's it's a huge pool. I mean, like huge. It's like uh, seventeen feet wide, twenty five feet long. 12 feet deep and it's a huge or maybe it's 35 feet long i don't know it's huge right they're so excited about having a pool and uh then to find out well there's a 14 foot crack in it so we're gonna need to repair that so thankfully we found somebody uh, available to repair fiberglass and and that's coming in hopefully before uh the win- the warm comes get rid of this winter so yep. but yeah just trying to yeah, remember yeah. to live every day you know Cause you don't know how many you get for sure. No, not really. <laughs> and on that, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I think that gets, that's been getting hammered home probably more, more often than we talk about, but yeah, I, I think like some recent uh, celebrity passings with Betty White and Bob Saget, you yeah. know, Bob Saget coming out of nowhere. Right. Just kind of hits like, Oh man. Yeah, I think it's kind of also like, look at what, like, in mentally, what what year do you think it is mentally? You don't think it's 2022. We've lost no. two years of our lives, right? So I think yeah. everybody has that same kind of feeling like, hey, we've got to really live for today. You know, we've got to really yeah. make those changes in our life that we really want, not in five years. Like, yeah, there might be a five-year goal, but what can we do today? I agree with that 100%. We just killed an hour like that, like bang. That's insane. <laughs> well, you're easy to talk to. Tell that to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, but how long have you she been married? She might disagree with you. Well, how long have you been married? A couple centuries. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what other things do you have to talk about after a couple centuries? Kind of know everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me and Keith have been together. Uh, we just celebrated 17 years together. Well, yeah, so. you guys were high school sweethearts, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what's funny is we didn't even go to the same high school. 
So we were high school sweethearts. Well, yeah. We were in tech together. Rival schools. Oh, no, not even rivals. No. <laughs> but we, yeah, we actually kidding. happened to go to tech together. But yeah, 17 years. So after 17 years, we, that, we still have something to talk about. Still enjoy each other's company. That's tough. To, yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, right. That's that's uh, very important. And then, all, but also it's something you can see. You know, so you guys are at Apex, SEMA. Mm-hmm. I was out there. We, a group of us met for dinner one night and, you know, you can just tell, you know, not just you and Keith enjoy each other's company. Mike and Lisa Miller, you can mm-hmm. tell they just genuinely enjoy each other's company. Yeah. That's a question I get yeah. asked a lot is how the heck do you work together all day and still go home to each other at night? And for us, it's just easy. I, I, and I know it's not for yeah. everyone. You know, like I get that. For whatever reason, we can make it. I mean, there are definitely times like I push his buttons. Like he's like, I don't understand why you cannot do X, Y, Z. Yes. I, we have those like discussions. Do we argue and bigger? That's just not us. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's still, it's easy just to come home and enjoy each other's company. So the next time you and I sit down to chat, we're going to have to talk about relationships. (laughs) I can do that. Relationship advice with Liz Perkins. (laughs) That's got a good ring to it. I think we should do that. I'm, I'm down. You think I'm joking. I, I'm actually, I think that would make for a pretty darn good discussion. Yeah. I mean, even work life, I know we talked a little bit about it, like work life balance, but you know, that I like it. Ask that a lot too, you know, like, and how I started doing this. And there's just, there's a lot of topics that, you know, come up often. So it was a dangerous question just because I didn't, I know how it could get twisted. Right. And yeah. mi- misinterpreted to that it's like an attack on, not even attack, but just, you know, potentially could be calling somebody out in this case, specifically Keith, but that wasn't my intent. It's just knowing in the real world that for men, typically in that relationship, they can work around the clock and that's just kind of accepted. Right. And the domestic type of uh, duties are, you know, generally left to be outside you know, mowing the yard and mm-hmm. if the kids are old enough, then they take that. Yeah. And uh, the guys can be a little bit better about giving themselves some free time with, you know, working on a hot rod, doing some woodworking, mm-hmm. going hunting, you know, whatever it is, yeah. poker night with the boys. Women, not always so much. Yeah. And uh, so I was just kind of curious yeah. just to toss that out there, not looking for dirt or anything, yeah, just no. an honest. And that's what I got. That's why I really... That's why I really enjoyed this. I really yeah. enjoyed having you on. I really appreciate shooter. you asking me. Like I, again, I was shocked, but I'm very honored to to be here. I love listening and going uh, to continue listening. That was Liz Perkins with L1 Automotive Diagnostics and Programming. They also have L1 Training that you need to check out. Keith puts on online classes, has videos uh, to watch, some really really good content. That's no BS. I'm being straight up with you. He has some really, really good content. And then if you can see him in person, he's right up there with the best of them. So thank you again, Liz. Absolutely. Hopefully have you on soon. Sounds great. You've been listening to Matt Fonslow diagnosing the aftermarket A to Z on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Matt on your favorite listening app. He's very interested in what you have to say. Let him know what you'd like him to cover and come on the show. Matt is all for advancing the aftermarket. Find Matt Fonslow on social media 
and connect or on aftermarketradionetwork.com. 